Have you or a loved one suffered with mental health issues that have only been addressed with prescription medications and no evaluation to identifying the underlying root cause has been made? Have you ever wondered why doctors diagnose disorders like anxiety and depression by simply talking to you and never do any testing to figure out why someone is anxious or depressed? Have you been told that long-term medication is the only way to control mental health disorders like anxiety and depression? These facts reflect the standard of mental health care in America, symptom management with drugs, until now. Functional medicine is forging a new path to healing in the mental health field by identifying and treating the root causes of things like not only anxiety and depression, but also ADD, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, dementia, and all mental health disorders. You don't have to say yes to a life of harmful medications that never really restore you to normal function. You have a choice for a higher standard of care. And in today's episode, my guest, Dr. Elena Villanueva, is going to break down for you why this is and how to go about getting started. She'll be detailing the exact steps she takes with her private clients to help them heal the root cause of their mental health issues and get off prescription medications. We'll be sharing a free ebook on balancing your brain chemistry today, and we'll give that link at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned and welcome. Welcome to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. I'm Dr. Kieran Dunstan, your host. My guest today is Dr. Villanueva. She became an expert in chronic illnesses and brain chemistry imbalances, healing gut issues, epigenetics, and holistic medicine after searching for answers to her own debilitating anxiety, depression, and memory loss. It's so true for many of us who practice functional medicine that we had a chronic health problem we couldn't fix with the tools we had learned in medicine. Dr. Villanueva is the founder and chief health coach of Modern Holistic Health and creator of the Healthy Body Restoration System and Balance Your Brain program. It is her passion to share knowledge that is helping people overcome their chronic health struggles. Welcome, Dr. Villanueva. Oh, thank you so much. It's so good to be here with you today. Yes, I'm so excited to talk with you about the appropriate diagnosis and treatment of mental health and why treating the root cause really is the answer. And I know that, like me, you also had your own debilitating chronic health conditions that you had to figure out, even though you were supposed to know everything there was about healing and getting healthy, you had to go on a journey to figure this out. So tell everybody a little bit about that. Oh, you know, it's always so fascinating to hear um, the stories of the different healers that are out there because, you know, typically whatever it is that their passion is and what they really focus on is, is exactly, you know, what they had to go through themselves. And for me, that just turned out to be um, some debilitating neurological and mental health issues along with some physical issues um, that, that were very neurological in nature that um, that the doctors couldn't figure out what was going on with me. So, you know, I had three, I had three practices and I was doing sports medicine and traveling around the world with Olympic athletes. I was super busy and I was a single mom as well. So, you know, as you can imagine, I was like really burning the candle at all ends. Um, and, and I ended up, I ended up getting sick. It didn't happen overnight. Um, it happened over the course of a couple of years, but my illness um, became very debilitating, leaving me without the ability to uh, to speak. I couldn't form my words. Um, I 
I had lost all my memory. So like, I couldn't even remember, like I would look at my dog and couldn't remember his name. I would look at my son and couldn't remember his name. Um, and uh, so, you know, as you can imagine, without the ability to even, you know, speak or have my memory, um, you know, I was pretty sick. Um, and I also had some different, um, uh, other, you know, physical health issues that were very, you know, neurologically related. Um, I thought I'd had a stroke, but when I had the doctors check me out and I had all of the standard testing done, nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. Um, and then as you can imagine, I spiraled into severe depression and I had already had a lot of anxiety leading up to the point when I woke up one morning thinking I had had a stroke. And, but you know, being a single mom, you know, pushing forward, you know, having a, um, you know, uh, having a lot on my plate that I knew that I was the caretaker and the main person having to take care of everything. I just pushed through the anxiety. Like it didn't matter if I was having even a panic attack. A lot of people, the panic attack becomes debilitating for them, right? I mean, that can become debilitating for me. I shoved it down and I took action even faster. And that's how I, that's how I managed my own anxiety. Um, but that anxiety eventually, you know, that anxiety coupled with the stress that it was causing me, mm -hmm. you know, that was a really big causative factor of, of me ending up get, becoming very, very ill. Um, but, you know, through the process of becoming ill and eventually losing all my practices and my home and becoming homeless, because that's what happened to me. Um, wow. You know, I, 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 I then um, started thinking about suicide. And I thought about taking my life. Um, I really did. I really thought I was broken because the doctors were all scratching their heads. Well, you know, take this Xanax or take this Lexapro, you know, take this Prozac and we don't know what's wrong with you. You know, try this antiviral to see if it'll help you with your stroke symptoms. You know, maybe it's a virus. They were just like throwing darts at the dartboard with their eyes closed to see if something would make me feel better. And all the meanwhile, I was lose, slowly losing like my entire life, my, you know, all my financial stability with my, with my businesses and then eventually losing my home and and my son was in college at that point so he didn't know what had happened and with the with the stigma of mental health um, I didn't reach out to anybody only the doctors trying to get help and nobody was helping me and so I didn't reach out to my family I certainly didn't let my son know he would have freaked mm. out you know yeah. and so um, and, and that's where where I thought my only option my only way out was suicide um, and there was just a very big pivotal moment, right? And when I was, you know, literally making my goodbye letters, um, you know, there was a big, big pivotal moment and something that happened um, that, you know, I believe it was by, you know, divine design um, that, um, that had me take a turn. And through my journey, I started um, then looking for answers. I realized I wasn't broken, but I had to find the answers because nobody else had found the answers for me. They had written me off as, we don't know what's wrong with you. And so I found out over the course of time what was going on with me. And it turned out that it was a combination of underlying factors that, were, that had caused my initial anxiety, um, leading to all the neurological issues and eventually to the depression and suicide ideation. And so that's why I wanted to come on with you today. And I'm so glad that you have me here because I, I, I really have a huge passion and I'm a huge crusader for changing the face of mental health and teaching people that, you know, mental health, it, it's not a mental health issue. 
it's a brain health issue and people yeah. are broken. There are answers and there are solutions. And if you can bring a data-driven approach or an evidence-based mm-hmm. approach to figuring out what's the cause of the symptom, instead of labeling people with a disease and writing them off, we can, we can change the face of how people look at mental health. Right. And, you know, you telling your story, it, it really brings tears to my eyes because I know that pain of being in that place of having health challenges that are debilitating. And here you're supposed to know everything there is about health because you're an MD and you can't even figure out what's wrong with you. And that just devastating, hopeless place. And I'm so grateful that out of that horrible place comes this life spring of information and that now we're both on this path of teaching others and so I'm just curious I think everyone listening would really love to know what was it since you were trained in this model of symptom management with pharmaceuticals what allowed you to to see something different because I always say most physicians have contempt prior to investigation we just say no that's not valid um, because that's not the way we were learned it's not our taught that's not our worldview so what was it that opened you to be able to see that that wasn't the answer and that there was this deeper truth of identifying root causes um, that's a great question well, you know, I, I do have a background in chiropractic and in, in that model of, in that model of medicine, um, we look for the root causes of what is causing the mechanical dysfunction or the biomechanical dysfunction. So if somebody comes, if somebody would come to us, for example, with a lot of pain in their hip, um, we would go in and we would really start looking for what's going on. Is, is it the psoas muscle and the piriformis muscle that are out of balance, maybe combined with a little bit of a bulging disc, or maybe the muscles are so tight that it's pulling the vertebrae out of place and then that's causing the pain, um, instead of just giving them pain medication and having them go through physical therapy. You know, physical therapy is wonderful, but you want to do physical therapy once the biomechanics are, are balanced back out a little bit. And so, you know, um, I, I already kind of kind of had that model of you know, finding the root cause, only I had been working in the biomechanics and the mechanical, the physical part of like our bones and joints and, and all of that stuff with the sports injuries. I wasn't working on our biochemistry and our neurochemistry. I wasn't working on that. And, you know, while we have, you know, that full gamut of training, you know, much like an MD, we go into our specialty and we leave all the other stuff behind that we learn, you know, through our basic mm-hmm. training. And so um, I, I started, uh, you know, I started then, you know, reteaching myself, going back and, and understanding, you know, what makes serotonin and where is it made? You know, what, what ingredients does the body need to make it? And can it be measured? You know, doctors, you know, there are like seven or there are about nine different neurotransmitters, you know, seven big players. And what's really needed to make the brain chemistry to break it down? Where is it made? You know, um, how are the genes influencing it? It is, is what I'm eating, could that influence it at all? Or maybe what I'm not eating? And that's what I started looking at. I went back into my biochemistry days and started looking into that so that I could, um, you know, try, try to figure out what was going on with me. 
Okay, great. And depression and anxiety, pharmaceuticals to treat those are in the top 10 prescribed pharmaceuticals um, in this country. And I've, I've read the estimates that because of our sanitation practices and the number of people who are on SSRIs, for instance, that there, uh, 50 percent of us are on therapeutic levels of SSRIs whether we take them or not because they're not removed by our water sanitation so it's huge anxiety and depression so for everyone listening let's talk about what are the root causes of anxiety and depression from a physiologic perspective and why using SSRIs is probably not the best option so, so <clears throat> I had so much fun with a five-part series that we launched back in October, and um, it was it was going to start out as a um, as just a a one-hour webinar. But there was so much information to tell everybody about all the underlying causes. It turned into a five-part webinar, mm -hmm. um, and so let me just summarize it for you. Um, the body is made wonderfully and perfectly, and if the body has everything that it needs. The body is this incredible machine and it, it is self-regulating and, it, and it's self-healing and it knows how much to make of whatever and how much that it doesn't need and when it's time to break it down and expel it from the body. When, when we're talking about brain chemistry specifically, the same rule applies. The body knows how much serotonin or dopamine or GABA or norepinephrine that it needs, for example. And it also knows when it reaches a threshold and it needs to dump some of it so that we don't have too much. You know, we can have problems if we have too much or too little. A lot of people think it's always a lack of, like we're deficient and we don't have enough of serotonin or dopamine or whatever. But you can have massive problems if you've got too much. And the body knows what to do. So we have to back up and think about it, build that framework first. Once we understand that, then we can ask ourselves, well, if the body isn't working right, what could be causing it? Okay, we've got, number one, environmental toxins. So, you know, you were just talking about what's in our water. You know, we do have, we do have, um, actually, there are medications in our water, which is really, like, scary. It's almost unbelievable that we would have that. But that's considered a toxin. Um, we have fluoride in our water, and fluoride, you know, it's not needed for healthy teeth. It's not needed for strong teeth and to keep them from decaying. In fact, fluoride is known as a neurotoxin. And furthermore, fluoride blocks not only the normal production of certain brain chemicals, it also blocks the receptor sites of selenium in the body. And, um, you know, there are about 79 different engines in the body that require selenium. So we're talking about 79 different chemical reactions in the body that require selenium in order for these chemical reactions to happen. And when we are putting fluoride in our body constantly, the fluoride blocks the selenium receptor sites. And so the selenium is not able to get into the cell because the fluoride is blocking it. So, you know, fluoride is another environmental toxin. We have pesticides that's in our foods and pesticides, you know, and, and a lot of the other toxins found in our foods don't, don't only cause problems with brain chemistry production and breakdown, 
they are, uh, they are causing issues with our hormones as well. They are endocrine disruptors, right? And so, you know, we're, we're not only affecting one engine in our brain, I mean, one engine in our body, we're affecting many engines in our body. And, and, and even if you only, you know, took a, even if you only came into contact with an environmental toxin that you knew that only affected one engine, if you affect one engine in the body, it's going to cause a domino effect and it's going to end up affecting all the other what, engines or systemic mm -hmm. engines in the body. And so we've got environmental toxins is number one. Mm -hmm. um, and environmental toxins, they're in your home, you know, they're in your makeup, they're in your shampoo, your household cleaners. You know, if you're storing chemicals in your garage or your basement, and, and if your garage is attached to your house, you better believe that, 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 that the fumes are getting into your home. Um, we have infections like mycotoxins known as mold. Uh, mold can cause horrible neurological effects and a lot of other problems in the body too, including cancer. Um, you have infections like clostridia or C. diff, uh, which are known widely to cause a lot of anxiety, right? They can cause a lot of neurological issues because those, especially the clostridia, if a person ends up with a clostridia infection unknowingly, like they don't know, it's not an acute infection, like when you get the flu and you get the fever and all that, it's this low-lying infection that you have for years. And what it does is it, it um, changes the chemistry that, it, that is normally happening in your body to break down dopamine. And so what happens is that you end up making dopamine and making dopamine and making dopamine, but you're not able to break it down. So you end up with an excessive level of dopamine, which can also lead to massive anxiety, panic attacks. Um, it can lead to Parkinson's-like symptoms. And people are getting diagnosed with these things all the time and thinking that they're gonna, for example, you know, die of Parkinson's disease. What right. all it is, is it's a clostridia infection. And we, we need to get rid of the clostridia infection. And when we do that, that the body can break down the dopamine and normalize. So we've got environmental toxins, infections, huh? we have genetics. So genetics, you know, if we have certain mutations, um, we can have the inability to uptake certain nutrients that are required to make our brain chemistry. We can also have um, a certain enzyme deficiencies where we can't break the brain chemistry down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the good news about all of these things that we're talking about is that they can all be fixed. I mean, they can all be addressed. Like, you can't change the gene, but you can change the expression of the gene. If you know that you've got a mutation where you can't uptake folate to create a methyl group, you know, then, then guess what? If we know that information, we can give you a methylated folate. You know, we need mm -hmm. folate with methyl groups attached. Boom, you know, we've solved the problem. Um, and then we've got emotional Emotional triggers and em emotional triggers can be stressful events, you know, like chronic ongoing stress, like maybe, you know, you work on Wall Street or something like that, right? Or you've had some sort of emotional trauma um, sometime in your lifetime, or even it could have happened even before your lifetime or when you were in utero. And we already know that traumas can change genetic expression, which can be passed down up to four generations. And we know that based on science. Well, if we know that, then we can deduce that a traumatic event that happened to our grandparents, you know, could be altering our genetics that affect our brain chemistry. And so we, we want to address, you know, all the different aspects whenever we're looking at brain chemistry. And uh, that's what we bring to the table is that we look at, you know, um, um, we use evidence-based systems to look at 
all of the different factors that could be causing brain chemistry imbalance. Right, and it starts with what I call the thermometer of mental health in functional medicine, which is checking neurotransmitter levels, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So once you check them, then you can see where the different levels are, and then you can start looking for the reasons why. And for everyone listening, this is just diametrically opposed to the mainstream medical model, which is just interview somebody and then make a determination of the diagnosis. And so what Dr. Elena and I are talking about is finding the the abnormality, what neurochemistry is out of balance, and then finding the cause of that. And she's so beautifully gone through a lot of the causes. And so then addressing those causes. Um, I know in my own practice, I've been amazed at the people who have, you know, if they have gut dysfunction and you fix it and they no longer need their anxiety me medicine, or if, if um, they have a hormonal imbalance, um, whether it's a cortisol particularly or progesterone deficiency, then you get those straightened out and, oh my gosh, they're not depressed, they're not anxious. So it's pretty, it seems like a miracle when you're coming from a mainstream medical model, but I'm sure we, we see miracles every day, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, we, we do. And, you know, you, you bring up such a good point that if you can fix, you know, if you can find what the major engine dysfunction is, so there's a lot of different engines in the body. And if you can figure out what the major engine dysfunction is, like, a, for example, it might be a hormonal dysfunction, um, that could then be cascading and causing a domino effect of depression and sleep problems and anxiety and moodiness. And, you know, you want to poke everyone's eyes out because you're just so mad all the time and you can't figure yeah. out why. And it turns out that it's a hormonal imbalance. And then, you know, when you're working with your clients, how often do you find that the hormonal imbalance was caused from their foods or environmental toxins, you know, um, or leaky gut? you know, like those types of things. And so that's where I'm like taking it back because the same things that can cause hormonal imbalance can cause brain chemistry imbalance. The same things that cause hormonal imbalance, you know, um, you know can also cause uh, diabetes, type two diabetes. Um, you know, it can also cause um, other, you know, other chronic issues. Um, leaky gut, you know, there may be some people listening who are thinking, well, she didn't mention leaky gut and she didn't mention foods. Well, leaky gut and foods, of course, those can be underlying causes, but what caused the leaky gut? Was it the environmental toxins? Was it a medication that you took that, you know, that, that like tore up your gut lining? Was it the food you were eating? You know, was it, um, was it gluten, you know, that was that you had so much inflammation to the gluten and you just had no idea because you're eating it all the time that it completely tore up your entire gut ecosystem. And then that cascaded down into brain chemistry. So when I mentioned the underlying causes, like I'm going way back to the very, very root causes, but you know, food plays out such a massive role because if you put the right ingredients in, then, then your body's engines don't have the ingredients that they need to work properly to make the proper hormones, you know, uh, to make the proper brain chemistry, to regulate all of your systems. Right. And I would imagine, is that where you start with people is with their food? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, <laughs> yes. we do. That's, so after, after we have our first visit with our clients and they've decided to move into one of our programs, while we're waiting for their labs to come back, 
we have our nutritionist get with them right from the get-go and we start on an anti-inflammatory type diet with them immediately uh -huh. some people have already done a lot of self-work and they're eating very very clean some people have a long ways to go um, uh -huh. and, and and so you know in the three weeks four weeks that we're waiting for labs to come back they're already noticing changes because we've taken them off of some of the major offenders once the labs come back one of the one of the labs that we like to run is an IgG food sensitivity test mm -hmm. and, and that is a test that is it's not checking for those immediate um, uh, reactions um, you know that's a that's a different test um, that would be an IgA uh, food you know food allergy test that's looking for those immediate allergies like you eat a strawberry and your lips start to swell right away but mm -hmm. but but what you're doing is you're testing for the obvious like you already know that why would you test for that like you already know but the IgG food test is looking for foods that are causing inflammation in your body and your brain and your gut, everywhere in your body. But it's this long, long acting, slow acting inflammation. And you're eating it all the time because you think it's healthy. Um, yeah. and, and, and sometimes, <laughs> yeah, like sometimes people are doing, like I'm doing celery juice because I heard it was good for you. But some people will have inflammation every time that they drink that celery juice not because celery is bad but it's just not working for them at that time and so we will run that igg food sensitivity test and 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 then we will further tweak their foods and say okay well out of this anti-inflammatory diet list of foods that we've given you and all these recipes we're going to pull the sweet potato out because you're showing, you know, you're showing a good amount of inflammation to sweet potato so we're going to pull that out and let's substitute it with butternut squash or something like that so yeah absolutely we look at the foods that's so, mm -hmm. so important and, you know it's funny because when people hear what we're talking about with the IgG food sensitivities immediately they start thinking oh I want that but what they say is people say this to me all the time oh I can ask my doctor they can do it and I go no 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 <laughs> so can you help everyone understand that there's really this it's like a two-tiered medical system and things that we, I talk about on Her Brilliant Health, almost always you're going to have to get done at, at a specialized practitioner and help them understand why that is. So that, that is such a good question. And, <laughs> and, and I'm sure every time that you talk about it, you get work, worked up a little bit about it. And, so yes. I. and, and, and you know, as, as, um, as holistic practitioners, uh, we we are true scientists. We're thinking outside the box, and we're doing what's best, what is best in the interest of our patient or of our client, um, without regards to what the medical insurance is going to pay for. Um, so you know, a lot of what the doctors will do with you, um, a lot of their protocols are designed around what the insurance companies tell them that is allowed, and 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 what they're paid for. So a lot of the gold standard models around how doctors are approaching different types of issues um, it's not based on necessarily what they would do if they were allowed to think outside the box um, it's based off of what the insurance companies dictate is allowed for them to do and so you know that that is why um, a lot of the doctors are not going to order a lot of these tests and that's why a lot of these doctors don't even know about the test and why they'll even naysay the test you know, they will get upset if you say, hey, I want to do a neurotransmitter test and I want to do an organic acids test and I want to, you know, and I want to check my thyroid antibodies because all you ever check is TSH and free T3 and the doctors will get upset. 
And um, I honestly believe that it's because the doctors are trying to work within their model that, you know, that's, they're stuck in that model unless they decide to step out of that model and do what we're doing. And that's scary for a lot of people. That's scary. That's not, you know, what we're doing is we are, we are changing the face of medicine. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, so we are crusaders, you and I, and, and all of the other doctors that you interview, we're, we are crusaders. We are, we are leading the change. Um, so if you have a doctor, you know, for your listeners, you know, if you guys have a doctor who gets mad at you, don't, you know, just let it go in one ear and out the other, you know, they are just, you know, they are, they are doing the best that they can do. Um, they honestly, you know, do care about you, but they're stuck in an antiquated model of medicine. Mm -hmm. And if what you have been doing with them isn't working for you, if it's not working for you, then it's time for you to step outside the box and find somebody who's going to look outside the box with you. And that's what I had to do to heal myself because I kept going from specialist to specialist to specialist and they were all stuck inside of that medical model box. And that's why I wasn't getting the help. And when it finally dawned on me, step outside the box, Elena, step outside the box. Let's look in it, you know, let's go down a different road. That's when I was able to save, literally save myself. Yes. Wow. I, I've never heard it said more beautifully about how you described about how, why doctors don't know about it poo-poo it, don't prescribe. It was just beautifully said, um, and I think in a way that everyone can can really understand. I'm, I'm constantly have to explain that to people, and they just don't get it. Um, and, and, uh, and when I look at it from their perspective, I say, I understand why you don't get it, because you've, you've been trained to believe that doctors are the authority, at the ultimate authority, and they know what's best for your health and they know all the tools in the toolbox and it is it's it's a little disheartening and disappointing to have to say uh that we don't deserve to be on that pedestal because we really are practicing an antiquated form of medicine (laughs) but it's the truth and so your your health lies in that balance and you really do need to go outside the box step outside and find people like us who can help you navigate this Um, what, am, what are we not talking about that we definitely should be talking about with today um, in regards to mental health and root causes? What are some of the things that we need to mention? Um, well, I think we've, you know, covered a good gamut of it, but, mm-hmm. but let's talk about time frame. Sure. So in, in the medical model that we're in that is solely based off of off of uh, trying to uh, make a symptom go away mm-hmm. rather than fixing the what's causing the symptom, um, you know that can happen very quickly. You can smash your your you know you can smash your finger your finger in the kitchen cabinet, and it's oh, you know it's hurting so bad, and you can take some Motrin or some Tylenol, and you can make that go away pretty quickly. And that's like that's a beautiful thing, right? Like we can we can cover up that symptom, and we know that the finger is going to heal itself. Um, but in many cases, covering up the symptoms, which is, that's what I'm referring to as an antiquated model, um, you know, trying to cover up symptoms of disease, that's very antiquated and, um, and, and, and that doesn't work. And if you're going to fix the root cause of the problem, you need to realize that, you know, 
leading up to you having symptoms, you probably started having issues with your engines starting to break down years ago. Do not expect to feel better in a couple hours. Don't expect to feel better in 30 days. You know, when, I, when, when we're working with people who have been sick with different mental health issues, whether, whether it's Parkinson's, dementia, um, you know, anxiety, depression, panic attacks, whatever, you know, we're working with them for 12 months. And when they really make that 180 is usually between month nine and 10. And that's when they make the 180. Now, it doesn't mean that they haven't already made a 90 degree turn, which is huge for them, or a, or a 100 degree turn. You know, they're already making changes and they're noticing improvement, usually starting in their 90th to 120 days. So between three and four months, they start really noticing some changes in some of their symptoms. Usually by nine or 10 months, they've made a complete turnaround and most of them are off of their medications by then. So you have to remember, this is the one thing we didn't talk about was, it takes time and it takes um, dedication and devotion. You're gonna have to make the changes. You can't just take one pill, expect your symptoms to go away and keep doing whatever it is that you're doing that got you sick in the first place right. and expect change. You know, if you really want change, you're gonna have to work for it. It took me five years, five years to fix all of my symptoms, five. And and, but that's also because I didn't have a system. You know, there, there was no system in place to show me what to do first. I was trying to do gut repair, but I didn't realize that I had parasites. So I kept trying to do gut repair and I was wondering why, why it wasn't working. Um, but then I realized, oh my God, I have to do, have to get rid of the infections first. And so now that we have programs and protocols and we have a system set in place, you know, we can help people, but you know, you've got to put the work, it's only going to work if you work it. It's only yeah. going to work if you work it. And, and I always say that health is a journey, not a destination. It's really that you learn how to navigate this road of treating root causes. It is very simple and it's not very easy because it does require a level of devotion to yourself that most of us who end up with health problems are not used to having. I say it's the ultimate act of self-love is to eat a way that's really nourishing and not eat things that are offensive and keep toxins from getting in your body um, because a lot of times it does require uh, going against societal norms, <laughs> eating things, eating different from your social group. Right. Or acting different from your social group. I know I gave up um, many petties and these types of things because of the toxins associated with it. And so uh, it's simple but not easy. But what you bring up about time frame is huge. It's, it's not overnight. It took you how many years to get this way or decades for a lot of us. And so it, it's... And, and, but I do find also that your degree of improvement and the time frame depends on your level of devotion. If you do everything 100%, I've seen people turn around in three and six months. Yeah. But if you do it 75, 80%, eh, the body um, might get some improvement but doesn't completely um, improve. I did want to touch on dementia and neurodegenerative diseases. What are, how are you working with those? So we approach those the same way. 
Um, you know, we have found, you know, we've got a handful of cases right now that are making massive turnarounds that is just incredible um, that we've been, um, we've been, you know, we've created some case studies that we've been, you know, publishing on our website and YouTube pages uh, for, you know, and our social media with some of these cases that we've had big turnarounds for. But uh, again, we're looking for underlying toxins. Uh, we're looking for underlying infections. We're looking for uh, uh, certain enzyme deficiencies that are because of a genetic mutation. Um, and once we find those things and we start addressing those things, those engines that we know can contribute to symptoms of dementia, we start addressing those and wow, like it's incredible. It's incredible the turnaround that we're seeing. So one client, for example, we did her, um, we did her environmental toxins test and she had massive, massive levels of like six or seven different environmental toxins. Some that were from gasoline additives that uh, was coming from her drinking water out in California, you know? Um, and, and, and before we just started detoxing her, we looked at her genetics to understand how to open up her detox pathways so that we could detox her without her getting really sick. And she, this woman is in her late fifties and that's so scary, right? Like I'm almost 50, you know, and when she came to me and she couldn't walk and her right arm couldn't move, um, and it was just like, I just thought, oh my God, you know, like it just really just touched my heart. And we started running a bunch of tests and um, that was one of the main things that we found with her. And uh, she's five months into our program now mm -hmm. that we've been working with her. She's walking, right. her arm is swinging. Almost all of her symptoms are at, are, are at zero, like, like no symptom. And I actually posted that up on our, on our social media to show the mm -hmm. symptom sheet because it was just absolutely incredible. So any disease, any type of sickness, we're just testing to find what the root causes are. What do we find that's in the body that doesn't belong there that could be altering our normal body chemistry? Right, and, and I love that you really laid it out that we treat this like everything else. And another fact that I find that people have a real difficulty with when they first encounter functional approaches like this, holistic medicine, is that they can't get it that all diseases essentially come from the same root causes, but they really do. And that's what I try to help people see. And I'll reiterate the analogy I use because I, I think if they haven't heard it, it's very important of a tree. And that um, mainstream medicine is looking at the leaves on the tree and dermatology is over here looking at this branch and rheumatology is over here looking at this and neurology and gastroenterology and gynecology. And they're all working on their different branches, but if you go down the trunk of the tree to the roots, all of these roots are the same. The things we're talking about, chronic infections, toxins in the environment, poor nutritional resources or bad food, hormonal imbalances, mental, emotional, spiritual imbalances. So I, I just want everyone listening to really understand that that's what Dr. Elena is talking about too. She addresses the roots and it goes up the branches and then all the leaves get better. All the branches get better. So it doesn't matter if you have psoriasis skin condition or you have irritable bowel or Crohn's gastroenterology condition or you have an, an Alzheimer's or Parkinson's type picture. Whatever branch it's on, if you go down the trunk to the roots, it gets better. <laughs> it does. And that's such a wonderful analogy. I like to use that one too, that, you know, if you see that the tree is dying, 
you don't, uh, you know, you don't treat the, the leaves or right. prevent the leaves from falling off by like, you know, adding some, you know, glue as medicine to keep the leaves on the branches. Right. You know, you ask yourself, okay, what does the tree need? It needs sunlight. It needs carbon dioxide and it needs certain nutrients. This tree is going to need different types of nutrients in the soil than, than this tomato plant, you know, over here or than this other type of tree. So, you know, um, and so you have to look at that. Another analogy that I love to use is, um, you know, when the way that people exhibit their disease, whether it's, you know, Parkinson's or, or, um, or Crohn's disease, or, um, you know, hormone imbalances, or just whatever it is, um, it, it can be from the under, it, it can be an underlying root cause, but it, it can be the same underlying root cause, but it depends on where the weak link in your chain is. Mm. Because genetics and everybody de determines the difference. You and I could both be exposed to a certain type of very toxic mold. And you could end up with ma massive respiratory issues and end up with COPD and I could end up with cancer. Why did we end up with two different diseases when we were both exposed to the same toxin? It's because of the weak link in our chain. Mm. My genetics were different and caused a different set of side effects or you know, different engines started breaking sooner than others. And in your body, you had another whole set of engines that started breaking down sooner than others. And so, and so, you know, that's the analogy that I like to use. We can all, you know, you can take five people all exposed to the same thing and they can all exhibit different types of diseases. And it's, it's all based off of their genetic makeup. Yes, I love that. It is your, where your weak link is, that's what your picture is going to look at, look like. So Dr. Elena, you shared so many wonderful things. I know that you have a free gift for everybody. Do you want to tell them about that and where they can find out more about you? Sure. We have a 13-step ebook of, um, of helping to restore your brain chemistry. So it's a summary, right? It's an ebook. It's not an entire like, you know, 12-month course, but it's an ebook that will summarize not only some of the things that we talked about today, but it's going to give you more details like what type of foods to stay away from, um, what type of toxins that might be in your household to stay away from. And it'll give you some solutions like what to replace them with, what kind of foods should I eat, what kind of um, household cleaners can I use that are better. Um, and it's going to go into a lot more detail um, about infections and genetics and things like that. And you can go to balanceyourbrain.com and you can uh, get uh, you can download a copy of that ebook and and for those of you who use social media you're welcome to find us on Facebook at Crusaders for Health mm -hmm. and we would love to have you we're always posting information about um, the foundations for healing from chronic diseases and especially mental health issues and uh, and so yeah that's how you can reach us if you are wanting more information Wonderful. And I was going to ask you, what are your top three take action steps? But shall I assume it's download the ebook and do the first three things in it? <laughs> I, I would I would definitely say download the ebook. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. There's a lot of beautiful graphics in there. And it's not just telling you what not to do. It's giving you some solutions of what you can do. What you can do. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Elena, for the wisdom that you shared today. The name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health, which you certainly exemplify. Could you share with everyone what that means to you? 
Her Brilliant Health. Her Brilliant Health. I love that name. It means having the life that you deserve to have, having the life that you want, having your vibrancy in your spirit, in your mind, and in your body so that you can live the life you want and have an impact on the world around you. Oh, I love that. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the work you do. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for the work that you do. And thank you for helping people and impacting the world the way that you do.